Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Friday, August 11th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, hearings are underway for a Cobb County teacher who may be the first to be terminated under Georgia's new divisive concepts law. State law enforcement officials investigate the death of a man in Atlanta police custody. And a Chambly High School student competes in the Women's World Cup. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. School officials in Metro Atlanta's Cobb County are wrapping up hearings to determine if a fifth grade school teacher violated Georgia's recently passed divisive concepts law. GPB's Amanda Andrews reports. Lawyers for Cobb County cross-examined teacher Katie Renderly, who they say violated school policy by reading a book about a child who challenges gender assumptions called My Shadow is Purple. The divisive concepts law allows parents to question what is taught in the classroom. Renderly says she took all the appropriate actions before reading the book to her class. There is no part of the policy where you have to receive permission for a picture book that's read aloud. And I did preview the book, and that my opinion was that it was appropriate for the age and grade levels that I serve. Rinderly has been on leave for a month. A decision in the case will be announced at the next Cobb County Board of Education meeting August 17th. For GPB News, I'm Amanda Andrews. A federal judge in Atlanta heard conflicting testimony yesterday about the safety and benefits of hormone therapy to treat adolescents struggling with their gender identity. The judge is expected to decide whether to block a new state law that bans most gender-affirming surgeries and hormone replacement therapies for people under age 18. Majority Republicans in the state legislature passed the law earlier this year. The Georgia Department of Community Health is making significant changes to the way it conducts Medicaid renewals. More than 400,000 people have gone through the process so far in Georgia. GPB's Sophie Gratis has more. On Thursday, the Care Management Committee aimed to ease concerns over the nearly 90,000 people who lost Medicaid coverage in June, saying some may no longer need it. 30% fewer people lost coverage in July. Meanwhile, DCH is giving healthcare providers better access to renewal information, says Chief Health Policy Officer Lynette Rhodes. Because we know that members are going to present at your hospitals or at your offices or your practices or your clinics, And so we wanted to give providers the ability to update that member's information. And providers can now see redetermination dates for their patients, too. Soon, health insurance agents in Georgia will be able to fill in most renewal information for recipients who need help. For GPB News, I'm Sophie Gratis. State law enforcement officials are investigating the death of a 62-year-old man who died last night in Atlanta Police Department custody. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation says an officer used a stun gun on Johnny Hallman after he allegedly resisted arrest during a traffic collision investigation. Hallman later died at a hospital. There was no indication the man had a weapon. After the GBI investigates and the Fulton County Medical Examiner conducts an autopsy, the case will be turned over to the Atlanta Judicial Circuit. If you like hearing the news from around the state here on Georgia Today, you'll probably like hearing how Georgia's agriculture economy feeds the country and the world on a fork in the road. I'm David Zelsky, and on the Fork in the Road podcast, we feature stories from Georgia's farmers, fishermen, merchants, artisans, chefs, and others who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks in the Peach State and beyond. Find it online at gpb.org slash podcast or download it on your favorite podcast platform. 
A Clayton County grand jury has decided not to indict the police officer who fatally shot Eric Holmes in Morrow last year. The AJC reports police video footage shows Clayton officer Justin Stevens repeatedly ordering Holmes to step out of a car that had been reported stolen. Stevens testified that he shot Holmes after he reached toward a firearm inside the car. Holmes died at the scene. Stevens resigned last year in lieu of termination, according to Georgia Peace Officer Standards and Training Council records. State employees, public school teachers, and retirees will pay an average of 5% more for health insurance coverage next year. The Georgia Board of Community Health approved the premium increase yesterday, only the second in the last six years. Open enrollment begins October 16th and runs through November 3rd. The increase takes effect on the first day of next year. Attorneys for an Atlanta-based venture capital firm that grants awards to black women entrepreneurs say they'll fight a lawsuit against the company. Anti-affirmative action activist Edward Blum sued the Fearless Fund last week, claiming it violates federal laws against racial discrimination. Three black women founded the fund four years ago. Their attorneys say the lawsuit is frivolous, adding that prominent civil rights lawyer Ben Crump would join their defense. 17-year-old soccer player Soleil Washington from Chambly, northeast of Atlanta, made her hometown proud when she played recently in the Women's World Cup. GPB's Sarah Callis has more. Washington, a rising Chambly High School senior, played for the Jamaican national team. Her high school soccer coach, Carly Miles Harmeyer, says while Soleil is an outstanding player, her character stands out. She's so mentally strong on the field and off the field. She's got this great leadership potential where the girls around her just want to continue to be around her and continue to work their hardest um, because she's out there. She's um, hyping them up. Harmeyer says that Washington, who was also named the Georgia's Soccer Player of the Year, can be an inspiration to girls around Georgia. Jamaica's run in the World Cup ended on August 8th. Washington is now adjusting to life at home as she starts her senior year. For GPB News, I'm Sarah Callis. The Rome Braves will have a new name next year. The High A affiliate of the Atlanta Braves announced today that it wants to, quote, create an identity that fans across the region can proudly claim and call their own. Through the team's website, fans can submit ideas for a new name until August 18th. The team's general manager, David Lane, says this is not an attempt to get away from the use of the tomahawk imagery or the name that some Native Americans find offensive. That never crossed our mind when we were thinking through this, all it has to do with, with being local and unique to Rome, Georgia, and nothing else. Lane also says this wasn't meant to make it easier to end the team's affiliation with the Atlanta Braves when the current agreement ends in 2030. After voting closes, five fan submissions will be put up for a second round of voting. And that is it for this edition of Georgia Today. And by the way, today marks the 50th anniversary of the birth of hip-hop. You can read an extensive timeline of all the major events from Georgia hip-hop history through the decades at gpb.org news. And remember to subscribe to our new podcast, Narrative Edge, because coming soon, you'll hear more about my conversation with Joe Coscarelli, author of Rap Capital, an Atlanta story, which is all about Atlanta's outsized influence on rap music. If you want to learn more about any of the stories you heard on today's podcast, visit gpb.org news. And remember to subscribe to this podcast. We'll be back in your podcast feed on Monday. If you've got feedback, we'd love to hear it. Email us. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.